and I definitely think that the intent and the the motivation is to be a co-parent and help support and and do the things. But the reality is that his job pays our mortgage. Right. His job has a retirement plan. His job has the insurance. And because of his job, I've never been able to pursue anything even remotely similar or potentially beyond what he's able to bring home. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. We are looking forward to a very good discussion today, uh, partly due to some of the feedback we got from our last episode. Some of you have reached out and we're sharing a little bit about some of the ways the pandemic has affected you. You know, we mentioned physical ways, um, but many of you are saying that it is affecting you in in many other ways. And so we're going to kind of dig in a little bit of little bit about that today. Um, But we just want to talk about kind of like the state of what it means to be a mom, a woman, a working person in the current climate of the pandemic. And we've got a lot of little nuanced uh, thoughts and and kind of side topics that they as they relate to that. So Kelly and I have been talking a little bit offline about how we're just kind of feeling the the weight of everything right now. And I know for me, I think I was just kind of trying to get through the push of getting school started back. And I don't know what I thought would happen after that or how I thought it would be, but I I keep using the phrase that the novelty has worn off on all of that. The novelty Mm -hmm. of like the kids getting out the door, the novelty of the masks, like all the things. And so Kelly, how are you feeling about like what parts of the novelty of this has worn off for you? Oh man. Like, so I just a hundred percent truth, like not, I'm not doing real well. (laughs) It's like, it's just, it's just getting overwhelming. We're what we're six months in. Right. So like, you're right. It, we're kind of in a new phase. I think. Mm-hmm. Didn't we talk about the phases of grief at one point? We like did. I'm in despair. I think. Like, yeah. What did I? Somebody said. I, I, I describe myself as like exasperated. Just constantly yeah. like exasperated. There's no right choices. I don't know what to think about things. I'm confused. Um. I don't feel like there's anyone kind of taking uh, the lead in anything like the leadership seems to be sort of vacuous right now. Um, we just personally, like our district here just decided that we were going to be fully virtual until January. Um, I thought I was prepared for that. Like in my mind, I kind of expected that. So this wasn't like disappointing necessarily. It wasn't surprising as it is for, I think other folks that had planned a hundred percent to go back. Um, I, and my kids even weren't really phased by it when I told them. They're like, "Well, duh." Yeah. <laughs> so I guess but in that way, <laughs> it impacts you a whole lot differently than it does your kids, it, your spouse. Like, yeah. it just really does. It's just heavy. And and my biggest thing right now is I don't have anywhere to anchor that like frustration. There's nowhere to put it. There's no one to blame. There's nowhere to like focus it or or any. It just is. Yeah. So it's figuring out how to navigate. Um, and still like we were just talking a minute ago before we recorded, like I'm trying so desperately to hang on to some sort of semblance of like a professional identity and it's becoming increasingly harder because I feel like the balls are starting to drop. Um, 
and every like everything that reminds me of something that has dropped is just added weight. Yeah, you know, put it back on. So well, to me, it feels like yeah. almost like this place for all of us between needing to be flexible and take things a day at a time and not let things get, you know, to not let anything work you up too much. And then the the other side of that is desperately needing structure, needing things to go back to quote normal, whatever that looks like. And mm-hmm. we're just stuck in this in between. Like it's, I, I can't fully go back to the way it used to be with job, with even household rhythms, but I can't, I, I can't live indefinitely in let's just wait and see either like that is super Mm -hmm. hard and I think yeah in just about every area of life right now it feels like we're in that "Mm, (laughs) which way is this gonna go or what am I who am I gonna be today what am I gonna do how am I gonna handle this yeah yeah it's it's a lot (laughs) so I think what we were thinking about talking about today too though is that how it's kind of um disproportionately affecting women yes um so specifically professionally, but I think, again, I think this could translate into any other arena, like just parenting, you know, you feel like you're burdening the mood of the house, right? right. Or the, if you're not doing well, like I can tell you last night, dinner was like awkward. Cause I was just like, I need to leave this house. Mm-hmm. And my kids were like, what's wrong, mommy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm tired of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, but you know, and I don't think that my, and I'm not blaming my husband for that, but I don't think that he feels it in the same way. Like I am immersed in it daily. Um, right. he gets a little respite. So, yeah. um, and it's yeah. just, I don't know about you and your situation, but in my marriage, I don't like this about myself, but I tend to put all that on Ryan, even if he can't help it, that he gets to go to work or he can't help it. Right. That, you know, I, I tend to make him the target of a lot of my mm. resentment and frustration. Um, one of the things that kind of prompted this is a friend of mine from Instagram, Brie Hester. She reshared from the conscious kid who reshared from Ken, uh, Kenya Bradshaw, a tweet that says in the last two weeks, I've talked to five women who are pausing or leaving their careers to support their children virtually. The weight of this pandemic on the shoulders of women is something we should monitor. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where we want to dive in. Yeah, it's, it's real. Like I, so I was giving myself this kind of false narrative of, Oh, my kids are doing great. Right. I think I've even said it on the podcast. Y'all are going to hear me like real time self-discover here. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I'm like, Oh, my kids are fine. I don't mind. Da, da, da. Um, I, they're not okay. You know, like they're, I, I think they're, they're being brave and putting on a brave face, but right. the reality is especially one of them needs like, needs a lot more involvement. I, so like, I've been guilty of just like, okay guys, see ya at lunchtime right. and, I go in my office and they go to their bedrooms and I just have this assumption that they'll get everything done that they need to. And I mean, for a third grader, that's not always going to be the case. And I, I, I spent a lot of time blaming him for that. And I'm now coming to the realization like, no, this is on me like this. I've got to make this happen. I'm the only one that can make this happen and I'm going to have to. So what does that mean? That means I guess I'm out of pocket right. from 11 o'clock until three, five ish in the afternoon. And then I'm going to, then I'm doing dinner and then I'm coming back up to my office to try and pretend like I still have a job, mm-hmm. you know? And then what? And then I'm staying up late. I'm not getting up early. I'm not being, I'm not exercising because I'm staying up late. You know, like no one's sleeping great. Oh no. I'm not able to communicate in real time with people. I'm not able to schedule like calls or meetings or live stream. I used to live stream all the time. I can't do that anymore. You know, like, so it's just because the internet bandwidth, again, I'm having to sacrifice my bandwidth. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that the kids can still connect with their teachers. So and that's literal and metaphorical, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And even just little things like I had them doing a lot more chores and I'm realizing now they can't handle that much stuff. Right. Like they, they can't handle like folding laundry. You know, I used to be, oh, my kids fold their own laundry. Well, okay. That's just an unnecessary thing that I'm putting on them to have to do that I'm going to be disappointed by right. because they're going to find a way to like delegate it out or, or cut that corner in order to do other things that are more important to them. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess now I'm back to doing all the laundry. In the house. Yeah. So just anyway, it's just, it's a yeah. lot. And if your hours are cut at work and any extra disposable income you had to hire that out, well, that's gone now too. That's so. gone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, and I want to I want to make a qualifier here, at least in my situation. Like we both agreed, like we're not getting on this episode to like bash our husbands or like bash anybody in particular. And like I do love many of the things that I get to do around the house, and like I love my role as mom. I don't. Mommy. Well, I mean, I do normally, but I think just this long, like especially long period, has kind of taken a lot of the joy out of it for some, some of the parts of it. And then for me, it's like carrying the emotional weight for the whole family. And maybe I don't have to be doing that, but I have yet to figure out how to not do it. So well, I think we've lost our agency in it, right? Like we right. didn't, we, we no longer have this, oh, I'm choosing to, you know, do this or that. Like we didn't have a choice. Like I have right. to now be home. I'm not, I'm not technically homeschooling, but I have to now be home with my kids while they're schooling. Right. I didn't choose that. I don't, I don't like that. I do understand that right now it's the best. I agree that it's the best choice for us, but ugh, yeah. I didn't, I never, don't put that juju on me. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want this and yeah. I'm not good at it. And I know that it's not my calling. I think that's the big right. thing. Like I am not good at this. So, and it, it, I get frustrated. The kids get frustrated. It's not a good situation and had, all right. And I'll take it all the way back. Like, had I ever thought that this was going to be the way being a parent was like that might have informed a decision of how many kids we were going to have, how our life was going to look. You know what I'm saying? Like if we lived yeah. like centuries ago, like knowing yourself enough to know, like you can or cannot do this thing. Like I, I, I or you don't have a village to help you. That's another huge thing. You, I don't have my village right now because I'm like scared to leave my house. Right. Or I, I don't think it's, it's prudent for, it's not a thing that we're willing to do. So like, people that are doing the homeschool pods and all that stuff. That's great. I probably could have opted into one. Um, but also I'm not super comfortable with that. So yeah. I feel like I don't have a choice. And that's, yeah. that's the thing that I'm struggling with the most is the lack of agency and just being, just existing on this plane in this way is not working. Yeah. I, I saw a meme recently and it was something about like, Hey, I've heard a lot about those villages that help raise our kids. Where do I get one of those? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. People, people throwing yeah. that out there, but it really is true. And I know, um, you know, I've mentioned before that I live on post and so I'm kind of out seeing neighbors. And even just today I was talking to my neighbor and um, she has her two of her older children home virtual because of some health needs in their family. And just kind of asking her even how it was going. And she was like, well, because of their ages and then her youngest, who's also getting like um, some health care stuff virtually done virtually. She's like, I don't even know when I'm coming and going because I'm literally like the middle manager for all of these mm -hmm. calls and appointments and going back and checking this email because her kids aren't really old enough to be completely independent on that. And so I was joking. I was like, yeah, I said, what's your salary for this? You know, and the, <laughs> the truth is, is like, whoops, yeah. people couldn't afford that salary. Like no. for, all, for all that we're doing, plus, you know, the normal stuff of just, you know, Home life. Well, so. even, I mean, okay, so they're sending emails to my child, my third grader, about things that I need. Yeah. Like, oh, what? What? Why? Somebody was complaining um, on a call that I was on earlier today, like, 
I, the, the school keeps emailing me and they're pestering me with like, here's the assignment and follow up. Did you do the assignment? Like all these things about their child's work. And I'm like, I, I'm getting the exact opposite. It's like radio silence. I don't even know. He could be watching YouTube all day. I have no idea what he's doing in there. Yeah. <laughs> I just assume that he's on class and I'm getting zero communication from overworked teachers. Like don't right. hear this critic critique on the teachers, but like it is just the, the whole thing is a mess. So, yeah. oh, what are we, what were we going to talk about? <laughs> Well, we had a couple of different articles that we wanted to kind of reference. And the first one um, appeared back in August on Fortune, and it is titled COVID-19 is causing a backslide in workplace gender equality and how to stop Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, just basically that the article gives like this picture of a mom who's at her desk in her professional outfit, what appears to be on a Zoom call, and her preschooler is literally on her back like during the thing and mom's face looks exasperated. There's a stuffed animal in the picture. Um, Mm. And it's just kind of making the point that women are at this time saying it's saying women are twice as likely as their male counterparts saying that they plan to leave their employers within the year because of the, you know, inability to be able to balance a full-time workload and all that's being asked of them with basically schooling their kids at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I like this other stat they drop. It's, um, the female labor force participation rate dropped below 55%. Um, it's at 54.7 in April of 2020. And it's the first time that's happened since February of 1986. So So 15, 20, 30 years of progress. we're, We're literally going backwards and I fear, and I worry that, um, regaining the footing that we've had as as representative in the workforce is going to be super hard. I mean, yeah, granted, I mean, it's the path has already been kind of trenched out for us. So, you know, we know how to get back there, but I think it's going to just come at such a cost that I'm not yeah. sure that people are willing to yet fully dive into and understand. I mean, it's just childcare in general, right? Like that yeah. childcare, it's a, it's a, it's a service that needs to exist um, in a way in which I don't think it does currently. So yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And then we've also seen, um, and this is maybe a little more troublesome to me even not more troublesome, but troublesome in a different way about, um, a NBC news report saying that, um, the COVID-19 drinking mommy juice memes have come back mm. kind of in full force, but it's like kind of not funny because of the truth mm-hmm. that's there with, um, moms who are kind of, drinking, <laughs> drinking their way through this. Yeah. And we've, we've got another yeah. episode that we've actually done on drinking less that we, we can link back to, but whew, you know, after hours upon hours of zoom calls and, um, you know, everything else by three o'clock, this article claims many women are ready to pour a drink at three in the afternoon. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And listen, y'all, when it's like the only thing you can look forward to, <laughs> it's the only break in your day. You know what I mean? Like it's the only, like I could definitely see where that temptation is not only real for people who hadn't previously struggled with any kind of addiction issues, but then, um, folks that are maybe recovering from addiction issues. I mean, it's, and we're cut off from people. Like it's like a perfect storm. Um, mm-hmm. so keep yourself in check. Why, I, I'm sp- preaching to the choir here. Like I'm preaching to myself, keep yourself in check. Like I have noticed like you know, consumption levels or intake or like even like my grocery bill (laughs) when a lot, when I look at like what we're spending on wine or whatever, like I'm like, oh, this is probably, we need to get a handle on this. Right. So it's very real and it doesn't help. Right. So that's the thing. You wake up with a headache, you feel worse about yourself, any conversations you have while having then been in a not so great mental space, 
mm-hmm. topped with alcohol. And then you do the the hangover spiral the next day where you're like, oh my God, everything I said was so awful. You know, like I'm so self-conscious. The one friend I think I had probably hates me now. You know, like don't right. do that to yourself. You know, right. if, the, if you can stay clear-headed, um, you can avoid this whole shame spiral, as Brene says. Um, so I don't know. I'd be curious to see how many folks are um, tinkering or dabbling in uh, just completely abstaining, whereas they hadn't before. I think that would be a healthy yeah. thing to consider. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know I, I've shared before, I do totally abstain. And um, mm-hmm. my sister and I had a, you know, we were kind of joking about, we need to just go to the beach. And she was like, yeah, I'm afraid if we did, all I'd want to do would be like drink alcohol, <laughs> which she, <laughs> she said as a joke, because neither of us do drink alcohol. But like, yeah. there's, there is that sense of, I think we're all just wanting to numb yeah. whatever, whatever this feeling is that we're feeling and um, exasperation, uh, frustration, just this delayed feeling of listlessness, of floating, mm. of not knowing what the future holds. Um, but I have a question for you and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. So do you feel like either, well, let me back up. Do you feel like there's going to be like one thing that's like, huh? All of a sudden, we're seeing a lot of course correction from the pandemic. Like, do you think the election after the election, things are going to like miraculously kind of like, oh, maybe we weren't so sure about this COVID after all. Or do you think literally like the turning of the page of 20 2020 into 2021 new year? Like, or do you think that this is just going to like go on and on and on and on? I think we're going to have long-term effects for quite a while. Um, I wish, God, I wish, right. I wish there was just, it would magically disappear. Um, or I, you know, there's some conspiracy theorists out there that think that it was invented or exacerbated and will disappear come November. So like, I, I'm not willing to give credence to any of those theories. No, Um, I'm not either. But I guess like, even just from like a human standpoint of like, at what point have we kind of like said, all right, like we we're done with this. I sent a friend, a a funny meme yesterday that was just saying like, um, I'm going to pull it up here real quick. I said, or I sent it to her and uh, it said, Happy six month anniversary to quote fourteen days to flatten the curve. <laughs> See you know what I'm saying? Like just from just from like a human standpoint of like, okay, we're we're just done with this. Like we're gonna go back out. We're gonna start school back. We're gonna like I don't know. Like are we just gonna get to the point where we just break <laughs> something? Oh, just something drastically yeah. gives, or is it just is this truly the new normal? And we're gonna be wearing masks for the next like five years or school is now now going to be virtual like the the landscape of american education has changed like do you feel like there's going to be any big lasting impact or do you think we will yeah, get back to what felt like normal i think i think normal wasn't working on a lot of levels so i i've seen a meme speaking of and i i want to make sure to go dig it up later and and credit the quote appropriately but someone was basically saying like oh, well, normal was only working for some people. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Um, and, and now having spent, especially when we talk about just what's going on in society, um, having spent and invested a lot of time uh, since, since the pandemic started in reading and understanding how our systems work, um, I don't think that I want to go back to normal either. So um, I think it's going to be kind of a painful evolution that yeah. we're going to have to go through. And hopefully it turns out all right. Um, I think we're just going to have to persevere and um, somehow come together. That's what's so hard. It's just, we are so 
divided and like unwilling to entertain other sides. So we're going to have to somehow do that. Um, opinions will vary on how that happens. Uh, the first hurdle is getting over the pandemic, right? Coming right. up with a vaccine and getting like enough people to actually take the vaccine for it yeah. to even matter. Um, I think a lot of the, I hope a lot of the practices um, will stay in place. Like I don't really want to hug strangers again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with like bowing or doing a curtsy. Like, I don't think that's a terrible idea, um, especially depending on where you live. You know, if you're somewhere in like a very populated area, right. like I think some of the the hygiene um, that we're now practicing more fervently should stick around. And look, there are still people walking out bathrooms and not washing their hands. Like y'all, we have some work to do anyway in that arena yeah. <laughs> as a society. So hopefully that will stay and will help slow the spread of future um, diseases, but not to the point of where we're not no longer producing antibodies right? and getting like MRSA all of a sudden. I, so yeah, I don't know. There's, there's going to have to be a course correction. I don't know what that looks like and I don't know when it comes and I'm just, I'm bracing for a long haul, but, um, I do think it'll be gradual. I don't think it'll yeah, be. Yeah. I think it will be too. I think I'm just wishfully thinking like I had started back at the beginning of 2020, like all these goals, my 20 for 20 goals. And like, I made a vision board and <laughs> LOL, right? Like what a joke. And I think that's part of me is just like craving, like, well, I can't wait to like make my 2021 goals. And maybe it'll be a year where I can like write some goals <laughs> out and like achieve those. And it, again, that it's 2020 off, just blow that sucker off. Well, and I mean, I, I have, I have kept up with some of the things and I, I am kind of as much as I can working toward, I don't know, like fulfilling those. It just gives me something to kind of look forward to and work toward, but I guess I'm just ready for like a fresh start and a, like, can we just like be done with this year? And I feel like good grief. There's still, you know, several months left. (laughs) I was watching, we're watching this, um, show on HBO. It's very dystopic sci-fi, whatever. And essentially these people are trying to travel, um, they have to leave earth right? because <laughs> you know, at some point we, we break it. Um, and then, so they're leaving earth and they get on this big, huge spaceship and they get to get in these little pods where they go to sleep. And it's like, it's almost like matrixy where you're like yeah. in the gel. And so whatever they, they essentially like stop you from aging. So your body just chills in this pod, but they keep your brain alive and connected to this matrix, um, where you're like, hanging out with your family or learning a new thing or, you know, going to like, it's, it's, you know, it's the matrix. They do it on purpose and they just kind of wake up 10 years later and everything. They, they got to where they were going. They created their new little civilization. Their bodies didn't age. They just paused, but they didn't lose any of that time. Like experientially. Um, I'm like, Ooh, I want that. Can we like, yes, y'all still keep working on the vaccine. <laughs> but yeah. I really want the, the hibernation pod. That sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have already aged 10 years though this year yeah, no. <laughs> with, with everything going on. Back, back to last episode and our teeth falling out. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I just feel like, gosh, have my, has my hair gotten even grayer? Like it was pretty gray before mm-hmm. and it probably has, but I'm also like not caring for not my hair yeah. in the way that I usually did. And um, I finally made a second hair appointment. Like this will be my only my mm-hmm. second hair appointment through all of COVID. Uh, although I did cut my own hair, the for you did see, I did two times I did um and wow. really yeah I just need to and maybe that'll help maybe that'll solve all my problems maybe just getting maybe. a fresh haircut will make me feel good and I won't be so angsty about everything else I feel like falls to my shoulders and I'll be nice to my family again and <laughs> you know sometimes it's just something simple like that maybe that's yeah, my problem let me know let me know if that works <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh funny. 
Hey friend, quick break to tell you about a few things that we have going on for the fall season. We've been talking and we want to hang out with you. (laughs) We're going to introduce a new monthly hangout open to our lovely supporters on Patreon and we're calling it group therapy. Asterix. We are not therapists. It is not actual group therapy. We just thought it was a fun play. Uh, And we don't know about you guys, but we need it. So once a month, we're going to host a Skype hangout, but you can join us face to face and to kick us off. We'll do an Enneagram, ask us anything, uh, parenting, maybe we'll talk about homeschooling, pick Claire's brain on that, uh, and really just whatever you guys are into and what you're thinking about. So we're also thinking of a book club. So if those things are interesting to you, check us out, patreon.com slash gurus for more. Also, we have revamped the Becoming Your Own Guru e-course. If you are a new follower of the podcast, we encourage you to check that out. It is an awesome tool and resource if you are interested in learning more about the Enneagram, but mostly more about the Enneagram as it pertains to military spouse life, challenges, triumphs, all of that. So we actually combined kind of our years of experience and pumped it all through an Enneagram filter. So you can learn more about your type, what your type might look like in the different stressors and environments that we find ourselves in and how to navigate transitions effectively. So that you can find on millspokegurus.com slash ecourse. I came across an interesting article. Actually, my friend Hannah, Hannah, shout out to you, tagged us in this on her Instagram um, and was like, oh, this would be a great topic for you guys. Um, So essentially, let's see, I've just lost it. I had it pulled up. Um, It's a topic or it's an article in Marie Claire and written by an author who has a book coming out. But um, the title is Warning Working Moms, Your Partner is Your Glass Ceiling. All right. So I'm just going to leave that there. Claire, tell me your thoughts. And then we'll get into like the contents of the article, but just on hearing that phrase, um, Mm. let's dig in. How how does that land for Mm. you? Mm. That lands. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) well it, and you've probably picked a terrible day because I'm just in a mood lately, (laughs) but, um, normally normally, (laughs) there's a, a, the, the, good Claire with a good little angel on one shoulder would say, Uh Oh, that's not true. We're a partnership. I feel very supported. And I'll be honest, like me not working has a whole lot less to do with Ryan and Ryan's job. It has everything to do Mm -hmm. with Claire choosing when she wants to work and when she doesn't want to work. And have there been Mm -hmm. some extra challenges with military life and moving? Yes. But I have done what I have wanted to do since I got married. So that's just the truth of it. And a lot of those years I haven't worked. I'm not working currently. The devil on the other shoulder is saying, mm. uh, yeah, I can see that there is some some validity in that. And um, but I could I don't know. I think there's part of me that wants to even flip it and say, like, I could be his glass ceiling, too. You know, like. I don't know. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot intertwined there with like partnerships and mutual respect. So. So I'm just going to read the first paragraph um, and then we'll, we'll digest. Um, It says six months into the pandemic. Oh, and it's written by, let's give credit, uh, Joe Piazza. Um, And she's actually, she's interviewing um, Caitlin Moran, who has a book called More Than a Woman. Okay. So. Six months into the pandemic, I personally know more than a dozen women who have quit their jobs, taken an extended leave, or significantly scaled back their careers in order to care for and homeschool their children. 
I know these women well enough to be certain that they're all married to perfectly nice men who, despite their niceness, willingness to buy tampons and Biden-Harris yard signs, think their own jobs are more important than their wives' jobs. They might not say it out loud, but that is the subtext of your wife dropping out of the workforce to educate your children while you lock yourself in the bathroom and take Zoom meetings all day. (laughs) So (laughs) a couple of things. All right. So when I first read this article, um, first I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. Typically, generally, I do think that this is true. And I think a lot of what she brings up that are, that are good, great points for me to, to, that I like kind of latched onto were things like, um, the fact that you're only going to make it as far as your partner supports. Right. So that's not necessarily like man hating or whatever. I mean, and it definitely does come back to there aren't like all men aren't bad. Right. Like my husband specifically, like if, if I had pursued a career, let's say in medicine, we have friends that were military and the spouse was a doctor, you know, um, he got out of the military because she had the better career, like mm-hmm. very clearly. And he's a stay at home dad. Now they like have a farm. If you're listening, you, you know who you are. Um, like they're doing great. I, you know, and I'm like, wow. But, and it's funny because Andrew always comes back to, oh, I wish, I wish we could just live on a farm and I could be Mr. Dad. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, okay, but I didn't go to med school. Right. And I didn't, I thought, I actually thought about going to law school at one point in time and very quickly realized that was not conducive to us being married like at all. It just wasn't. And some people make it work, but for me also starting super late in the game, it wasn't feasible. So like he, I think in theory, I would have one of the nice men, right? Like she's right. saying. Um, and, and I definitely think that the intent and the, the motivation is to be a co-parent and help support and, and do the things. But the reality is that his job pays our mortgage. Right. His job has a retirement plan. His job has the insurance. And because of his job, I've never been able to pursue anything even remotely similar or potentially beyond what he's able to bring home. So like then though, then I come back to, is that his fault? Fault. Is that, is he the one implementing the ceiling or is it Uncle Sam, who's implementing the ceiling. But then I guess we could go around in circles. Yeah. yeah, When I read it, though, to me, it felt like, oh, the rest of society is finally waking up to what many of us as military spouses (laughs) have have been dealing with for a long time. We don't don't need a pandemic for us to feel that way. I think a lot of Mm. us kind of feel that way already. And again, I say, you know, we together chose this. It wasn't like I was gagged and bound and made to marry somebody Mm -hmm. in the military. Like I, I actively chose it. And, um, I do think sometimes it's unfair to like continue like bringing that up or like making that this like cross to die on. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I do think it's valid. And every now and then, if I want to complain about it, I need you to just sit and listen and say, you're sorry. And you wish it was different. (laughs) I think that's kind of like all I need sometimes is like, just acknowledge that this is a thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, and I've told you, I've said before on the podcast, even like, I feel like for our family, there's even an added layer to it because as a, pastor, minister, chaplain, we do see this as a calling to our family. And a lot of times it feels like, well, it's Ryan's calling. Is it our calling? Is it, do I have a role in it uh, that's not official? Yes. But do I get paid or is anything like based on what I want and what I desire, like ever really taken into consideration? Mm, Not always, or it doesn't feel that way. But again, I don't think it's fair to just put all that on Ryan. Like, thanks a lot. Like this is all your fault. Cause it's, it's not like we, we both willingly entered into it. So it's like to just drop a few cliches. It's like, you can't, 
you can't have it both ways and you really mm-hmm. can't have it all, you know, so like she, she even says that to so the author that she's interviewing even says that like the, 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 uh, the paradox here or, <laughs> or the ironic thing is that a book about feminism, which she wrote could not have existed without my man my husband, um, because I wouldn't have been able to write the book. So he did the childcare for five months while she was writing, you know, like she had his support. Now it's very, it's counterintuitive to assume that that is going to be the case for everyone. Cause it's certainly not, but he saw the value and, and the mutual respect for his partner in a way. And it actually had the Liberty, right? So he's not in the military clearly, um, where he could take five months and he could do the homeschooling and he could, you know, literally let her leave. Like she went away yeah. <laughs> to write her book. Yeah. Um, and how many moms can say that they, a trust their partner enough to leave the kids with them for five months. Um, just on so many levels. And, and a lot of that too has to do with what we are willing to relinquish, right? Well, so yeah, I was going to say, Ryan, all the time, he is all the time saying, go, go to the beach for a week, get together with some of your friends, like, go, I've got this. I, he, I mean, just for this upcoming weekend, my kids have yeah. a Monday off after, um, and he's like, hey, go see your mom and dad, like, go, I've got this. So I have the blessing <laughs> and I just, well, I can't, I don't want to be gone. I needed it. You know, it's not, it's me. Like, it's mostly me. And so I guess that's where mm-hmm. a lot of times, And then I even think about like her article to your point, you're just mentioning about like she couldn't have done it without her husband. Even this is like a a state of some level of privilege that we're even able to like. Oh, yeah. Right. About this, you know. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think one other cool point that she brought up, too, is um, she says she's quoting um, when I was a young woman, it would never have occurred to me to talk about co-parenting and schedules. You went into a marriage without asking these questions. But now young women do need to ask. I have these conversations with my daughters. If you're considering spending your life with someone and entering into a business deal where you create human beings, Mm. you have to ask them what that will look like. Asking these questions can save you 20 years of misery and a massive divorce. Now I've gotten to the age of 45 and I look around at my female friends and each mother's career is exactly as big and successful as the willingness of her partner to support her and take them to childcare. It's a direct correlation. The higher the women that I know are flying, the more their husbands are doing. Yeah, I would agree. I'm saying like, so we, we do this, we've, I've had this conversation with several people in the spouse employment arena, um, especially when we're looking at military spouse employment as a retention, as a military retention issue, mm-hmm. because what's happening now is the kids that are in the Air Force Academy or the service academies um, are probably dating folks that are also in some sort of higher education environment. Right. So you don't go to college typically to not have any aspirations, right? I mean, the, right. the, the point of, of higher education is to prepare you for some sort of workforce experience mm-hmm. um, or more education, et cetera. Um, so folks that are dating are going to date people that are they're around. They're, they're probably also college educated. So what's going to ha- what's happening now is that folks that are now considering a service obligation or have options, okay, let's take a pilot, for example, at the Air Force Academy going into, you know, aviation, they don't have to choose service. And if that they're weighing Okay, if I go into the military, my fiance, my my girlfriend or my boyfriend will also say, uh, I don't know, I've heard this military thing isn't great for my employment prospects, or we'd have to live apart, or I don't know if that's something I'm willing to do. And that service member then or potential service member has the option to choose something in the civilian sector. I wonder 
what that's going to look like. Right. But those are the conversations that people are having now, mm-hmm. which I applaud because that's informed decision-making. Yeah. <laughs> like I've joked before, like people say, you knew what you were getting into. Like I did not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't say that I would have chosen differently, but I may have leaned a little harder in like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. look at this statistically. So, well, yeah. you know, I, I was thinking back, I wrote a paper in college. I had to do like a family history thing. And then like the last page or whatever of this assignment was to like write a letter to yourself, you know, 10, 20 years from now or whatever. And oh, would, you wow. be- would you believe that everything on there has come true? I, no literally, I, I literally wrote on there that I wanted to be a teacher so that I could teach and shape young minds. But I was also going into a career field where I would have the availability to be home with my kids in the summers and in the afternoons. I wanted to be married and have three children. And I was going to win an award for best teacher. And I have even won an award for my teaching. So to that, to that, I say, I like, I just, that. I. I, I have to take a step back a lot of times, and I'm not even talking about these articles. I'm just talking to me. I have to stay back, take a step back a lot of times, and it's really easy to feel frustrated at the Army or really easy to, even in my case, to feel frustrated at God and the way my life is, you know, woe is me and, or feel frustrated at Ryan or his job. And like, ultimately, like, I've made these decisions. Like, I, I again, I've not been held at gunpoint. Like, I chose to get a degree in teaching, which I knew wouldn't pay a ton of money, but I wanted to be home with my kids. I have mostly been home with my kids and kind of piecemealed part-time work in when I have wanted to do it. And we've made a way for that to happen. And if anything, like, I have felt a lot of support from Ryan because he has never said, like, well, we really need you to work so we can, you know, make more money or you know, you've got to do this or you've got to do that. Or I want you to stay home. He's been like, what do you want to do? And let me come alongside and support it. And so I just feel like I have to be careful to not bite. I don't know be ugly about, about a lot of that, because again, it's at the end of the day, the only person that has any real blame is me. And if I want to be mad at somebody, I should be mad that I should have picked a different career or, you know, there are other, there are other variables, I guess that are at play for me without putting it all on like, right. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's hard to do back back to your point of us talking from a place of privilege. Like we, like I am not experiencing a spouse who's like, uh, I really need you to not like spend money on a podcast hobby. I'd rather you go get a job where you're bringing in money or like, you know, the, the, the job that I have, you know, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, I could probably be doing financially better elsewhere. Right. And now we're also at a point where I'm like, crap, we're going to transition out of the military at some point fairly soon. Like I could be doing more and probably will be, you know, doing more at some point to help us transition, but he's fully supportive of, of anything that I want to do and fully cognizant of the sacrifices that I have made, uh, knowingly or unknowingly to support. And he's made sacrifices for me too, like in his career choice that yes, he's in the army, but he has some agency in, in what he does and where he goes. And he has made some choices based on our family and that's awesome. So yeah, I I'm with you. We're coming full circle. We have come full circle, I but I will say that I do think all these things that we have brought up, maybe to get us to this point in the conversation it's good to talk about it. It's good to bring yeah. it up. And if nothing else, it's helped me see that, yeah, I, I do actually have a lar- large role in this. Or um, maybe I do need to like check my attitude with how I'm talking to my spouse about some of my frustrations and feeling disgruntled or speak up and say, you know, I always feel like Ryan's really willing sometimes to to 
pitch in. And sometimes he just isn't aware of what I'm needing from him or like oh, speak up and say what it is. Yeah. I, I thought they could read minds, but I guess they I can't. know. <laughs> I know. And our kids and our kids. I know. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, speaking up for our kids and schooling our kids and our podcasting hobby, uh, we want to direct you to our Patreon page. We are doing weekly now episodes of a teacher's lounge episode where I'm kind of sharing some tips and tricks and mindset stuff on um, how you're, you know, navigating this school situation this year with your kids. Um, and our goal with Patreon this year is to hit 20 patrons and we're half more than halfway there. We're at 12. And um, so, yeah, if you would like to support us in that way, head on over to our Patreon page. Kelly, give us the address for that. It's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Milspo Gurus, M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.